Women Taking the Lead, Episode 7. I can definitely tell you that knowing what I know now, I was playing small pretty much my entire life. And that's a pretty powerful and, you know, tough realization to come to. We only have one life. And to look back and realize that you've spent part of it playing small is kind of a tough pill to swallow. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Your future awaits, so let's get started. everyone and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Kate Erickson who is the content creator and community leader over at Entrepreneur on Fire, a seven-day-a-week podcast that interviews today's most inspiring and successful entrepreneurs. She is the host of Kate's Take, the Entrepreneur on Fire audio blog, and the author of The Fire Path, a step-by-step guide to help you create a solid foundation for your business. Kate is passionate about helping entrepreneurs create systems and processes to promote efficiency and bring clarity to their journey. Okay, Kate, that's just a teaser for everyone. So tell us more about you and where you came from. Thank you so much, Jody. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so honored that you invited me on the show. So thank you for that. And thank you to all your listeners who are tuning in. Really appreciate it. Um, well, as you said, my name is Kate. I grew up in San Diego and was very corporate-minded and oriented. I graduated from high school. I went to college. I got my degree. I got a job. And I started trying to make my way up the corporate ladder. And then I decided I was going to go get my graduate degree because that seemed like the logical next step. And I found myself miserable in corporate America, just wishing and waiting and praying for Fridays. And, you know, today, here I am, a co-owner of a very successful online business with my business partner and my life partner, John Lee Dumas. So we're having a ton of fun and just loving every day. Mm. And Kate, you've obviously had success in your life and you've definitely gained some confidence, but take us back to a time when you were playing small and you may not have been aware of it at the time. It may have been an aha moment later in life. Share with us that story and the lessons you learned from it. Wow. Well, I can definitely tell you that knowing what I know now, I was playing small pretty much my entire life. And that's a pretty powerful and, you know, tough realization to come to. We only have one life. And to look back and realize that you've spent part of it playing small is kind of a tough pill to swallow. But one moment for sure when I realized that I was playing small is in one of my last corporate jobs. I was working in human resources for a rather large bank. And I had been in the same position for almost three and a half years no promotion, no job title change, nothing to actually motivate me and make me feel appreciated in the corporate sense. And I was so frustrated, so down on myself, so bitter about feeling like I wasn't making any progress. You know, I was doing everything that everyone was telling me to do. I was working as hard as I could possibly work. 
I was in before everybody else. I was at the office after everybody else went home. I was such a hard worker and I didn't understand why I wasn't seeing anything in return. And I realized that I was playing small when I was offered a promotion and so excited about it. I left at the opportunity, could not wait to take this promotion. It was going to bring me up to Northern California to San Francisco. And I was, Jody, I was literally looking for apartments and ready to book a plane ticket to move to San Francisco. And I got a call that they hired outside the bank for the position. And oh. yeah, <laughs> I, I was absolutely crushed. It was one of the worst moments that I can remember looking back at my life right, right now. But I realized I'm so grateful for that moment because I realized how small I was playing. I realized that I was waiting for somebody else to hand me something. I realized that I was letting my happiness and me feeling fulfilled lie in somebody else's hands. And the moment that I realized that was, you know, really powerful for me to say this. I can't believe how small I'm playing right now by letting somebody else determine my worth. Oh, my gosh. And I there are so many women out there I know who are just kind of breathless <laughs> listening to your story because, oh my gosh, I think we've all done that at some point or another where we're waiting for somebody else to, you know, appreciate us and congratulate us and tell us we're doing a good job. And, you know, sometimes I even encourage my clients, like, if you want to be recognized for something, you might have to say to the other person, like, I did this. Mm -hmm. I want you to recognize it. And, oh, that was, oh, my chest just got crushed too <laughs> in that, in that moment. Cause it was you and see so many different ways to look at it. The excitement of like, finally it's happening and then it gets snatched away and feeling like you didn't have control in that situation must have been horrible. Okay. But let's flip it on its head. <laughs> <laughs> now share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake up call, take us back to that moment and share with us the steps you took that led to your success. Well, Jody, I'll, I'll keep us in that same moment uh, after that promotion was taken away from me. Luckily, that was my wake-up call. That was the turning point where I finally realized that whatever I wanted my life to look like, whatever I wanted to be waking up and doing day in and day out, I needed to create that for myself. That experience taught me that in a incredible and in your face way. I finally realized that I couldn't wait for anybody else to give this to me. I couldn't continue going into my job every single day being bitter because I was doing everything that everyone else was telling me to do and not seeing anything in return. I finally realized that I needed to be the person to go out and create the life that I wanted to be living. And I knew that it wasn't happening by going into that office every day. So within about four months of that day, when that promotion was taken away from me, I was leaving my job. I was moving across the country to be neighbors with you in Maine. And, <laughs> and I was taking my very first entrepreneurial leap. And so that was kind of the moment when so many things opened up for me. I just felt this incredible weight lifted off my shoulders to now be sitting and thinking to myself, 
I can do anything I want to do. Like realizing that nobody else was going to give it to me, nobody else was going to create that life for me was the most freeing moment of my life. I finally realized that I got to create my own reality. And that opened up so many new doors for me. You know, it opened up entrepreneurship. It opened up a totally new experience on the East Coast. And, you know, so many amazing friendships and relationships that I was able to build. So many new experiences, so many lessons learned. So I would say that was really kind of my wake up call. And when I finally realized, if I want this, I need to go out and do it. Mm, I'm, you know, I'm as painful as it was. I'm so grateful you had that wake up call because that was the reason why you came to Maine and we met very soon after you, you first landed. So I, I am grateful for that. And I remember you at that time, you were eyes wide open. It was an adventure. You were willing to take new risks. It was an exciting time for you. It was super exciting. And I will tell you, I could not be more grateful for that moment either. You know, of course, I wasn't at the time. But (laughs) of course, now it's probably the best thing that's ever happened to me. There it is. There's our clip. (laughs) (laughs) And what I want everyone to get is there is no one way to lead. We are all different and we're going to lead differently. So Kate, how would you describe your leadership style? Well, something that I'm very passionate about and that I try to live day in and day out is um, the mantra or saying or idea, invest, learn, teach. And that's how I really like to lead is to invest in myself to learn everything I can, and then to share that with people by teaching it. And I love to teach. I love to learn. And I'll tell you, you know, back in the corporate world, people, your boss, your managers, higher level, they actually tell you what you have to learn. You're not supposed to go outside of your job description or and, you know, this could happen in, in, in many situations. It doesn't just have to be corporate America, but you're oftentimes told what it is that you're supposed to learn. And now being on my own, running my own business, being able to learn and grow in the areas that I'm passionate about, and then to be able to turn that around and pass that on to other people, that's my leadership style. Mm, I love it. Now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us. What is one practice that makes you a better leader? I would say reading because I learn so much from reading. What is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? You know, a really incredible book that I just read is Essentialism by Greg McEwen. And that has helped me with my leadership, I would say, because it has gotten me straight with how to value my time. And I think that that could be very powerful for other women leaders in not feeling like you have to say yes to everything. Saying no is okay and it should be happening. You know, I just, I have to interject because I don't think I've ever thanked you enough for recommending this book to me because I reached out to my my network at large. I was 
at a time last fall where it was life was just becoming overwhelming. All good stuff was coming my way, but it was just getting overwhelming. And I put out a request, like, how do you, how do people handle this when this is happening? And you recommended essentialism. And I read that book and it, I completely changed how I was running my business, what I was saying yes and no to. And it has really like made this, this, happy stress of overwhelm (laughs) go away. Um, And now not to say that I don't feel a level of stress, but it's more you stress more than distress. I get, I get excited and enthusiastic about the projects I'm working on rather than freaking out about what's, what's due like hours ago that I need to finish up. So this was an incredible book. It's a game changer, right? Absolutely. Good. I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. Yeah. And what is your favorite healthy food? My favorite healthy food. Well, I really love apples, but (laughs) that's not (laughs) really a meal. Um, I actually, so John has been eating very clean. He's been trying the paleo diet recently. And so, um, you know, very, no, uh, grains, no sugar. And I found this incredible recipe. This would not be for any vegetarians out there, but it is called uh, spicy bacon chili. And it's really amazing. (laughs) I'm laughing because I know John just had a bacon guy on his show (laughs) and they... They talked about bacon extensively, so I will have that in the show notes links for any women or men who are listening out there who are also huge fans of bacon, and I will, and they will definitely want this <laughs> recipe too, Kate. So we'll get the recipe for this. Well, let me ask you this because I'm a huge fan of apples as well. Do you generally just eat them, you know, whole, or do you prepare them in any certain way? You know, I love cutting them up, and I actually will do uh, like almond butter with them. Um, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, a great alternative to peanut butter just because it's a little more clean and natural. And so I love doing it with almond butter. What about you? What Mm. do you do? With apples, I do the almond butter as well. But you know, in the fall, I always want to have warm apples. Mm -hmm. So I like to um, create um, apple compotes. Ooh. And things like that so that you can, you can, yeah, you can put it in oatmeal, you can put it on a piece of toast, you can eat it just the way it is. Oh, don't get me started. That sounds I'm, awesome. <laughs> I know. Apples are awesome. I joke. I'm like, I'm a New England girl. I grew up with apples <laughs> and I love them. So <laughs> I'm thinking about being in Maine and apple picking right now. <laughs> oh, you'll definitely have to be here for apple picking or I'll send you some apples if you can't be here. Okay. You heard it here. <laughs> I'm gonna hold you to that. You can hold me to it. Awesome. Okay. Knowing what you know now, if given a chance to go back and do anything differently, what would you change? I would change my, I guess, education around entrepreneurship. I feel like I learned maybe not too late, but I would have loved to learn earlier that entrepreneurship was a possibility for me because when I was, you know, going through school, getting my graduate degree, lining up my next job, I didn't know that, I never thought of entrepreneurship as an option. I just didn't think that it was possible. I didn't understand how I might become an entrepreneur. So if I could change anything, I would just maybe change my 
ability or, you know, my education around that being a possibility, because if I did know more about it sooner, I feel like I would have become an entrepreneur a lot sooner. Mm, I think, um, I completely agree with you. I had the same par like my, I didn't have a paradigm around entrepreneurship. So when I actually, I, I tell people I started my business blissfully ignorant, <laughs> <laughs> you know, which was, it, it's the upside downside, right? I really didn't know what I was getting into. So there was nothing to be worried about, you know, or afraid of. I mean, and there were challenges and I overcame all of them, but I wish I had had more of an education mm -hmm. about entrepreneurship. It wouldn't have been so, such an unknown and even being known, it wouldn't have been so scary. Um, and I think that's, that's lacking out there. Oh, I definitely agree. And it always, when I listen to people talk about how they started out on their entrepreneurial journey, or, you know, I might be listening to their podcasts and I, it surprises me every time I hear someone say, oh, I've been an entrepreneur since the day I was born. You know, they talk about selling candy or, you know, creating things and going and selling them door to door and doing all this stuff. I, I don't know. I, I just never, had that. I was never really exposed to that. I mean, yeah, we'd have garage sales and stuff, but I don't really consider that being an entrepreneur. <laughs> right. Lemonade stands. That was, yeah, the garage sales, lemonade stands, paper route, babysitting. That was the paradigm I had, but I did not consider it entrepreneurial. It was just another way to earn some extra change. Right. But actually, this is a great segue because I think I know how you're going to answer this question. What is one thing that you're working on right now that you're really excited about? I am super fired up about the fire path, which is a course that I'm creating around teaching people how to build a very strong foundation for their business. So, you know, so many people dive into entrepreneurship, not really understanding how to build a foundation for their business. You know, they, they jump right in and they start trying to grow an audience and they want to know about the fastest ways to monetize. And the Fire Path course is really all about grounding you in the very foundation of your business, which is going to make it so much easier to grow and monetize when the time is right. You know, and I, what I really love is because I listened to Kate's take, the Entrepreneur on Fire audio blog, and you went through a series of episodes talking about different segments of the fire path. And what I love about it is, you know, because we can all Google and learn about, you know, the different structures of a business, the P&L, the finances, you know, kind of like the heady, clunky parts of business, <laughs> at, least in, <laughs> at least in my mind, um, those, those pieces that sometimes we ultimately um, outsource to other people. But what the fire path is about is really some of the nuances mm -hmm. and subtleties in business that, you know, probably people aren't going to tell you about. Right. And, you, and they're so easy to skip over, but they're so integral. Mm -hmm. Absolutely important. Like really lay the foundation of having a successful business, not just having a business, having a successful business. Um, and I love the way you lay it out. It's they're easy concepts. They're like, you know, you kind of hit yourself on your forehead going, oh, you know, of course, common sense, but wasn't even thinking about it. Um, so they're like easy concepts to pick up and grasp and integrate into your business. So that's really exciting. Yeah, thank you. And before we say goodbye to you, share with us a success quote or a mantra. And I know you already shared one. I don't know if you have another um, and why it has meaning for you. Yes, absolutely. So one of my favorites, it's from Albert Schweitzer. And he says, 
success is not the key to happiness. Happiness is the key to success. If you love what you are doing, you will be successful. And I, I mean, I love this quote for so many different reasons, but I feel like for a very long period of my life, I was chasing after what mainstream considered success. And I was thinking that as soon as I obtained that, that I would be happy. And it was like each step I took towards what other people told me was success, I felt less fulfilled and less happy. And so I love flipping it on its head and, you know, really looking at it as happiness is the key to success. You know, finding something that you love doing, that you're passionate about and that, you know, is helping other people, that's making an impact and making a difference. That's where you're going to find success. I agree 100%. Oh, it's so true. When you're happy about what you're doing, you naturally start drawing people to you who want you to be successful as well. Mm, surround yourself with those people. Oh, yes. Your tribe is important. <laughs> All right, Kate, what is the best way for our listeners to connect with you? Well, you can connect with me on the website over at eofire.com. That's where we have all of our content. You can find out more about the fire path if you're interested in that over there. And you can catch all of our podcast content and blog content on the website. Awesome. Kate, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We're all better for having met you. Jody. thank you so much. I feel better for having met you. And thank you again to your listeners for tuning in today. Wow, that was a lot of fun. And clearly Kate's a friend of mine. And I so admire the work that she's doing in the world, especially because it's work that she enjoys and feels good to her. And so it has more meaning and value to her, and it's so great to see. So you can find all the resources mentioned in this episode at womentakingthelead.com, or if you love efficiency like I do, you can enter the short link, which is womentl.com, and you'll find her in the podcast tab. And if you have a few moments and you're at your computer, or at least not driving, if you could head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for Women Taking the Lead, I would so appreciate it. It gives me insight into what you like and what you would like to see more of in the show. And it also enables others to find the show more easily. Thank you all for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. And to strengthen you on your own leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.